This is On the Media. I'm Bob Garfield. This week, in addition to claiming that Ted Cruz stole his Iowa victory, Donald Trump also accused the Texas senator of delivering a speech so long and rambling that it would be his, quote, Howard Dean moment. Nope. But Dean's infamous shriek in Iowa 12 years ago has persisted as shorthand for a complete campaign disaster. Data News Site 538, our collaborators in this election season, are producing a series of documentaries revisiting historic moments from past campaigns. In this excerpt from the first episode, producer Galen Druk explains why the real story of the Dean's scream is not how we remember it. In the weeks leading up to the 2004 Iowa caucuses, polls were predicting that Howard Dean would come in first. And after coming in third, this happened. And then we're going to Washington, D.C. to take back the White House! Immediately, the story in the news media and on late-night comedy shows was that his campaign was dead in the water. Howard Dean's falling far and fast here, and he's got no one to blame but himself. Oh, my God, did you see Dean's speech last night? Oh, my God. Now I hear the cows in Iowa are afraid of getting mad Dean disease. We're going to go to Pittsburgh and Pennsylvania. We're going to Cancun for spring break. The I Have a Scream speech was played 633 times in four days, according to one analysis. And that's just on the national networks. Soon, Howard Dean and his wife were fielding questions like this from Diane Sawyer. How often does he lose his temper around you? I can't remember the last time. He just doesn't get that angry. Interpretations of the media takedown of Howard Dean filled blog posts, message boards, and opinion pieces all over the internet. And they still do. I found some threads from just last year. And after searching through the 10 years of commentary on the topic, two main lines of thinking emerge. One theory gets at a fundamental question about whether the scream ever really happened as we all heard it. First, remember, that night in Iowa, it was loud. Howard Dean. I go out, I get on the stage. There's 1,200 kids making so much noise it was like a jet engine in the room. There were thousands of people in the room. Dean's communications director, Trisha Enright. It was deafening. It was so loud. We could hardly hear him. Frankly, all we could hear were the sounds of the people cheering. Other people who were in the room that night either didn't hear the scream or thought nothing of it. And neither did Dean. I don't remember doing that the way it came out. I mean, I certainly went, yeah, I'd done that a zillion times. And as I say, none of the print reporters thought much of it. So I assume it was always the same, yeah, that I always did. So why did the people there, along with Howard Dean himself, hear something so different from what everybody heard at home? This is where we have to get a little technical. I paid a visit to Jennifer Munson. As you all probably know, she's on the media's technical director. We went into the studio and we sat in front of the mixing board for a lesson in news audio. When we looked at the video of Dean that night, Jen immediately recognized the mic he was holding. It's a Sennheiser Evolution Series microphone that was commonly used at these events in Iowa. What does that kind of mic do? What is it used for? It's very specific for stage use, where that microphone is capturing whoever's speaking into it and not much else. The sound of just Howard Dean is what we're all familiar with. It's what broadcast over the airwaves. But we want to know what that moment sounded like in the actual room that night. And there are recordings out there from people who were standing on the floor. This is one of the cheering at the exact time that Howard Dean was making his speech. You can't hear it, but we promise, 
Dean is screaming right now. That's not anything anybody's going to remember from this moment. What we all remember is this. And then we're going to Washington, D.C. to take back the White House! So I've taken those two examples and mixed them together to give a more realistic audio representation of what was going on that night. Michigan! And then we're going to Washington, D.C. to take back the White House! Why did everybody at home just hear Howard Dean shrieking? That, I think, is a combination of the particular microphone that he was using and the fact that the engineer mixing this for broadcast didn't mix the room into the scene. In every instance that I know of, there are multiple microphones being sent to the engineer that go out for broadcast. And one of them comes from the camera. One probably comes from some room mics. And one from this microphone that you see in the image. As the engineer, you're supposed to pull all this together to create a representation of what's going on. Other than his voice being isolated, the sound that comes out sounds almost like a shriek. It's not a sound that we're used to hearing. Does that have anything to do with the microphone or how he's talking into it? Normally, anybody holding a microphone, the louder they get, the farther they pull the microphone away from them because it starts to then overload the microphone. And I can I can give you an example. I mean, this is me getting louder and louder and louder on the same microphone. And if I were to really hold it and talk to you like this, you get this distortion. And his instinct, because it's so loud in the room, I think is to just try and be heard over the crowd. And so you see in the picture, the microphone is like right in his mouth. So what Dean sounded like on TV didn't give us the whole picture. That's one argument of the scream skeptics. But once media outlets had that isolated audio, why did they play it a whopping 633 times? Dean's campaign manager, Joe Trippi, has a theory. All the party establishment attacks were about he didn't have the temperament to be president, that he was too hot-headed, those kinds of things. And I think the media was sort of handed a gift. Here's a great way we can put the exclamation mark on that narrative that the establishment had been selling. And that brings us to the other prevailing theory, that the media actively worked against Dean, or even felt threatened by him. In one thread posted on Reddit, someone writes, quote, I watched the whole thing play out. And it was clear that the news media cut his throat deliberately, end quote. The thinking goes like this. When Howard Dean was the frontrunner, he went on hardball with Chris Matthews and said, quote, we're going to break up the giant media enterprises, end quote. In a blog post at the time, someone wrote that this, quote, amounted to a declaration of war on the corporations that administer the flow of information in the United States, end quote. It's a big claim. To be clear, we don't have any evidence of that kind of coordinated conspiracy. What we do have, though, are admissions by media members themselves, that they got carried away. This is Diane Sawyer, a week and a half after the Iowa caucus. The president of CBS said, individually, we may feel okay about our network, but the cumulative effect for viewers with 24-hour cable coverage is it, we, it may have been overplayed and, in fact, a disservice to Dean and the viewers, all of us together. And the head of CNN said, we've all been wrestling with this. If we had to do it over again, we'd probably pull ourselves back. So if the media did have it to do over, would the history of the presidency be different? That's not the story the numbers tell. 
538's Harry Enton. His New Hampshire numbers had fallen by 10 percentage points from where they were in November and December, and nationally he had fallen by already five percentage points by the time of the Iowa caucus versus where he was at the beginning of January. So his numbers were already falling as we headed into the Iowa caucus. Howard Dean would rather be remembered not for that cringe-inducing moment in Iowa, but for leveraging the internet and youth activism, which many say lead the groundwork for the 2008 Obama campaign. And if you ask him today, Dean will tell you, even if indirectly, that actually means he won. For On the Media, I'm 538's Galen Druk. Howard Dean's Scream documentary was edited by Jody Avergan, Chloe Prasinos, and Stephen Jackson. You can hear the entire piece and watch a companion short film at 538.com slash Dean Screams.